Today we are considering Baptist Catechism number 112. What do we pray for in the fifth petition? So we continue our journey through the Lord's Prayer in each one of the petitions. Answer. In the fifth petition, which is, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We pray that God, for Christ's sake, would freely pardon all our sins, which we are rather encouraged to ask, because by His grace we are enabled from the heart to forgive others. We will read from Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have made, had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers, until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. This is now the reading of God's word. May he add his blessing to the teaching of it this afternoon. The Lord's Prayer is to be prayed daily. This is made very clear by the words of the fourth petition, which is, Give us this day our daily bread. So daily we are to be concerned with giving thanks to God, praying that His name be glorified for the furtherance of His kingdom, for the strength to obey His commandments. We are also invited to pray for His provision concerning our earthly needs. And here is another thing that we are to pray for daily, the forgiveness of sins. Some have wondered, if we are forgiven of all of our sins the moment we believe in Jesus, then why must we pray for the forgiveness of sins repeatedly? I think it's a very good question, and there's a good answer. When we believe in Christ, our sins are forgiven. We are justified, which means that we are declared not guilty. And that can never change. If faith is true, then justification is real and it is permanent. We did not earn our justification and we could do nothing to lose it. Furthermore, we were adopted the moment we believed. And that does not change either. Christians are not perpetually justified and then unjustified when they sin, adopted and then unadopted whenever they transgress God's law. No, these gifts are freely given by God and received by faith alone. And we come to have His righteousness 
as our own when we believe upon Christ because He bore our sins when He died on the cross. So there is a a kind of great exchange that takes place the moment we believe upon Christ. He takes our sins and we receive as a gift His righteousness. And this is what makes justification possible and adoption possible. But Christians do continue to struggle with sin even after they are saved. Temptations come through the evil one in the world. Weaknesses and corruptions remain even within us. And so we do not always obey the Lord. And even when we do obey the Lord, our obedience to God is less than perfect. Have you ever thought about that? Even when we do obey the Lord, our obedience to God's law It's always less than perfect. Perhaps we could say far less uh, than perfect. These sins, they are real sins. And they do really grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And you should know that the Father disciplines those He loves. Notice I did not say that the Father pours His wrath out on those He loves. I said He disciplines those He loves. And so it is a very important part of the Christian life to confess sin to the Lord, to turn from it, and to ask the Lord for cleansing. This is not cleansing unto salvation, but it is cleansing that renews a right relationship with the Lord. This is not cleansing unto justification, but this is cleansing that is a part of our sanctification. Do you see the difference? And so, as I said, this is a good question, but there are good answers Christians do continue to struggle with sin even after they are saved. Uh, We know this to be true. And so we must confess our sins to the Lord daily and even momentarily. This is what John was talking about when he wrote to Christians saying, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So even the Apostle John is saying, Brethren, let us not deceive ourselves and act like we don't have sin still. We do, but we must confess it and know that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I believe this is what Jesus was illustrating in that exchange he had with Peter regarding the washing of his feet. I love this story. You probably remember it. Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples when Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And then Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has been bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who it was who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. In this story here, we we chuckle at Peter, right, for the way in which he errs on two extremes. Lord, who am I to have you wash my feet? Jesus says, if I don't wash you, you can't have any part of me. Uh, And then he errs in the other extreme. Well, then if I must be washed by you, then wash me head to toe. And Jesus corrects him yet again. He'd already been washed because he had already had faith in Christ. He had been justified. He had been adopted. He had been cleansed. But Peter, like all of us, as he walks in this world, his feet get dirty. It is not a bath that he needs. And maybe we should remember baptism here and the symbolism, right? Uh, It is not a bath that he needs, but just forgiveness. It is cleansing that he needs. He needs to be washed. His feet need to be washed. And here we have a kind of illustration uh, for the confession of sins within the Christian life. In this illustration, 
Those who have true faith in Christ have been bathed. They've been cleansed from their sins, justified, adopted, and sanctified positionally, but they, but, but need not be bathed over and over again. But as these justified ones walk in the world, their feet get dirty with sin. And you know this to be true from experience, just as I do. This is why we must come to the Lord daily and even momentarily to confess our sins to the Lord. And to use the language of John 13, we are not saying, Lord, bathe me, but rather, Lord, wash my feet, for I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Again, if we Christians say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we Christians confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. Notice this about the fifth petition. Not only does it lead us to confess our sins to God daily, it also leads us to freely forgive the wrongs that others have done to us daily. The fifth petition is forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. These two things, forgiveness from God and the forgiveness of others, are closely tied together. In fact, it is assumed and expected that if we are going to ask God for forgiveness, we have already forgiven our fellow man from the heart. The parable of Christ that we read a moment ago regarding the unforgiving servant is very powerful, I think. What a terrible thought that a servant who was forgiven so much by his master, a huge sum of money, would be so unwilling to forgive his fellow servant just a little bit in comparison. So we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. We are to forgive from the heart. Please allow me to make just a few clarifying remarks about forgiveness before concluding. One, Christians must forgive from the heart even when there is no repentance on the part of the one who offended. In other words, we must make the decision to not hold on to bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness in the heart. We must prepare ourselves to extend forgiveness should forgiveness be sought by the one who has wronged us. Two, forgiveness can only be extended or transacted when there is repentance on the part of the one who sinned against you. This is how it works with God, and this is how it works with man. Forgiveness cannot be transacted unless the offender says, I have wronged you, please forgive me. If repentance is true and sincere, forgiveness must be extended. Three, in Christ we should be willing to forgive one another over and over again. In Matthew 18, 21 we read, Then Peter came up and said to Jesus, How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times? I think maybe Peter was thinking he was being generous with the mention of seven times. But Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Some translations say seventy times seven. Either way, the point is very clear. If repentance is true, forgiveness should be extended over and over again. Four, I do not think this requires Christians to subject themselves to manipulators or abusers. Clearly, this is not what Christ was referring to. If your brother sins against you and if your brother repents truly, then forgive him truly and from the heart. I think that is the point. Uh, move on from it. Don't hold the sin against them. But you and I both know that there are people in this world who abuse and manipulate. These will pretend to be repentant, 
but prove by their way of life that they are not, really. The Scriptures do not require Christians to subject themselves to their abuse. Forgive them from the heart, yes. But if forgiveness is going to be transacted, leading to a restored relationship, there must be true repentance. What are we to pray for in the fifth petition? In the fifth petition, which is, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We pray that God, for Christ's sake, would freely pardon all our sins, which we are rather encouraged to ask, because by His grace we are enabled from the heart to forgive others.